What up? This is Dart Adams, and this is episode 46 of Dart Against Humanity. Quite a few things have happened uh, just recently. One of them being the Boston Celtics getting eradicated, uh, absolutely annihilated, um, eviscerated, more uh, 25 cent words by the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, I haven't talked about the Celtics this season on this podcast because I wanted to establish the podcast going in a different direction, talking about other things other than sports. Because, again, if you follow me on Twitter, you get enough of it. And I feel like I tend to overthink what I do. So I'm thinking I'm not going to talk about the Celtics because I want to talk about this topic, this topic, this topic, this topic. But now that the season's over and all the data is in and everything has transpired, I feel like this is the time to discuss it. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. I just want to get some things out and then move on to something else. Because, again, it's been exhausted. Uh, I don't listen to a lot of uh, sports talk radio again because I'm in Boston and I feel that a lot of people that are in the space of sports talk radio are just like out of touch old white guys with this old timey ideal of what athletes are supposed to be and do and how they're supposed to behave when they've never been entrenched or immersed in the particular culture that the athletes that they're reporting or, or talking about have experienced or their backgrounds or anything like that. So I'm already usually distrusting or distrustful of the way they're going to um, frame it or what happened or what transpired. That being said, this is how I feel about what I viewed happened this season, this past season with the Boston Celtics and their disappointing season. Okay. So first of all, we had Kyrie, um, Kyrie Irving the Celtics traded for him they saw him completely demolish the Celtics in game 4 of the 2007 Eastern Conference Finals when they had an opportunity to tie the series 2-2 uh, Kyrie completely took that game over go back and watch it it was the game after the game after game 3 where uh, Marcus Smart had one of his all time greatest career games and they beat the beat the um the Cavs on a last second shot by Avery Bradley. Game four starts out. The Celtics are ramming it down the Cavs' throat. They're running it. They're running. They're, they're hitting shots. They're doing everything. And LeBron's on the court. LeBron gets his fourth foul. The Celtics look like they're about to run away with this game and tie the series without IT being on the court. What happens, however, is Kyrie Irving who has the space now to take the game over with LeBron off the court, goes insane. Uh, He takes over in the third quarter, keeps them close in the second, kind of. They're only down by like 11. They go up by 13 to 15. Kyrie goes off, goes on a huge scoring run, gives them the lead before the fourth quarter, and then pushes it in the fourth quarter with LeBron on the court now. So the Celtics get killed in game four, and that's that's it. It's a wrap. 
after that season, Kyrie is unhappy with um his place with the Cavs because he's playing behind LeBron. Uh, he feels like he's in his shadow. He wants to take on the challenge of having his own team, blah, blah, blah. He says a lot of dumb shit. I felt he said a lot of dumb shit because he felt like there was this weird void between him and LeBron where everybody's going to pay attention to what LeBron says or what LeBron does. So he can do pretty much anything he wants and try to test, engage the reaction because LeBron's going to take most of the attention anyway. So he can just do whatever he wants, kind of. And it won't really register that high. However, when he leaves and goes to Boston, all the things that he did in Cleveland that he thought he could just like get away with and not have to really answer for much because, you know, LeBron void. All the attention is on him. He's in, he's enjoying it for a while when things are going well. But little do we know if things go left, he tends to fall into a sour mood He doesn't know how to handle the new responsibility, uh, the new scrutiny, uh, having all the eyes on him, having to be the team leader, even though Brad Stevens in his locker room, he doesn't subscribe to the ideal of team captains. He makes everybody uh, equally accountable on the team and as grown men, they're going to have to hash it out themselves. Uh, This worked in previous seasons. Where no person felt above the team and they all took all the brunt of the responsibility on their shoulders. It was all their responsibility to play defense. It was all their responsibility to um, defend and rebound and and score even though IT was the guy doing the scoring. And he, ha- he is the only one who could create his own shot and everybody else is pretty much garbage men. Just like uh, how Allen Iverson played with the 76ers back in the day when he had Matt Geiger. Um... Friggin' Aaron McKee, Eric Snow, Dikembe Mutombo, maybe you might have had a um a Larry a Larry Hughes here and there, <clears throat> but you know like for the most part it was Allen doing the brunt of scoring and everybody else doing the dirty work and getting him the ball. That's pretty much how the Celtics kind of operated. They were spot up shooters and they were defenders, and that was their job. Now. With this Celtics team, what happened was there was this odd uh, leadership void because they were under a unique set of circumstances. One, you're coming off a situation where the first game of the season, five minutes in, Gordon Hayward has a horrific injury. Just uh, injury, the entire, just the soul or just the air was went right out of the arena as soon as the injury happens. After they lose that game close, I may add, um, that first game of the season, the 2017-2018 season, Charles Barkley went on record as saying, the season's over. I repeat, Charles Barkley went on record as saying the season's over. What this meant was all the expectations they had for a lofty season were cut Right then and there. They start the season, I believe, one and three. So people are like, yeah, this this team's going to struggle to make the playoffs. They go on a run. No expectations. They play free. They play loose. They go on a run. They on. I went to the game in November where they beat the, um, the Golden State Warriors. I'm actually going to go 
to my room and look at, I have the poster and it has the date of the game, November 16th, 2017. That's the game where they beat the Warriors. I went to that game, there's footage of it. I put it up on YouTube on the um, producers I know band camp. I mean band camp, uh, YouTube. That was an amazing game. Uh, they played the Warriors tough. Pulled it out in the end. Um, Jalen Brown was spectacular. I believe his friend had just passed away too. So he was extra inspired by that game. They played them tough again later on in the season. So Kyrie gets hurt at the end of that season. So expectations drop even more. Oh man, this has been a disappointing season for the Celtics. This It's a lost season. So what happens? This is Brad Stevens' shit. This is what he lives for. This is his thing. He can motivate a team which people are sleeping on and people have no expectations for. And he can make them, you know, perform beyond expectations. Overperform, some people might say. So this is why Brad Stevens was given this, um, this, uh, reputation as being the next um, Popovich which was premature and what happens the Celtics go on an amazing run they have the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers on the ropes I believe they had them up 3-2 to two in the um, 2018 Eastern Conference Finals they don't put them away in game 6 when they had an opportunity they had great games from some players uh, mediocre games from some of the players on the Cavs and they squandered the opportunity to win on the road so they think oh we're going to have a game 7 in Boston done deal because we've had a great road uh, uh, home record <sighs> don't sell the bike shop Orville problem is that you have LeBron James playing in a game 7 in Boston which is not something you want in order to beat LeBron, it was sort of a situation where you needed all the Avengers to beat Thanos. And when they needed to come up in the fourth quarter, they didn't have a closer. And that's where people saw, okay, they lost the game. But you know what? When they come back, they're going to have Gordon. They're going to have Kyrie. And they're going to have this entire core back with a full year of experience. So this Celtics team has an opportunity to win between 60 and 64 games next year. And the East is theirs. And this was um, exacerbated by the fact that LeBron James bolts from Cleveland at, after the season's over and goes to L.A. to join the Lakers. So. The East was up for grabs, according to everyone, and it was just for the Celtics. However, every other team in the East saw this and were like, oh, well, if the East is up for grabs, then let's just make moves and do what we can because everybody's sleeping on us. The Toronto Raptors made a brilliant move in acquiring Kawhi Leonard. They moved the players that they needed to. DeMar DeRozan and um, Jacob Petal or something, some, some, somebody else too, I guess. And they got Kawhi Leonard. Huge acquisition. 
the 76ers also made a huge acquisition uh, in getting uh, Jimmy Butler. And it was even bigger to add um, Tobias Harris later on when they saw the Celtics were faltering in the season. The Bucks, the Bucks added some much-needed depth, and Giannis got way better. That team got way better because everybody slept on them and they didn't have the same expectations. The Bucks are going to be better. Did anybody expect them to take the space that the Celtics were supposed to occupy before the season started? No, they didn't. They had to start the season, they had to play the season, and when it happened, they were like, oh, shit, they're for real. So hopefully we get the series that everybody deserves because the Celtics were trash. They just were. And why was that? Between Kyrie Irving um, first making the announcement at the fan night, the fan event that he'd re-sign if you have me before the season thinking it was all good and the Celtics were going to mop the floor with the East. Because the East was trash last year. Again, last year isn't this year. Then he backpedals later when the Celtics don't perform to get out to a 10 and 10 start. Why? Well, because there were expectations heaped on the Celtics now. In the uh, preseason, you have Jason Tatum who works out with Kobe Bryant, who's his idol and his mentor, his idol, and he's telling him all this to do all this Kobe shit, which there's a reason why in Boston we say we there's Boston basketball. There's a way the Celtics play. Kobe Bryant did not play Celtics basketball. Okay? Jason Tatum was playing Celtics basketball's rookie season. This year He was taking some ill-advised, weird shots that Kobe would take if he was a Laker. Kobe was a lifelong Laker for a reason. Paul Pierce was a lifelong Celtic. Well, should have been a lifelong Celtic for a reason. Look at their games. Look at what they do. Look at how they play with their teammates. Look at how they get set up. So he regressed. He had a good season, but he regressed. Jalen Brown was out of sorts when the season started. He was so cold and had no feel. And he was not playing up to expectations. So what happens? He gets benched. They try to bring in Gordon Hayward before he's ready to play. That didn't pan out well. And of course, all these expectations are just blowing up in everybody's face. And here's what makes it worse. This is a free agency season for for Kyrie. All right? This is all everybody's talking about. Also what everybody's talking about is how this is a contract year for for Terry Rozier. He was scary Terry last year. He was scary this season and for another what reason? He didn't perform. But why? Because the team was out of sorts. Jalen starts out cold. Jason's all over the place. Terry Rozier is not being effective. Gordon Hayward isn't effective. Mook, however, 
Morris, more Marcus Morris, he's killing it. Kyrie, he's having the best year of his career. He's doing it all. He's having a great year. Al Horford, not having as great a year as people expected. Uh, why? Because Al Horford is a facilitator. And if everybody is cold, if three or four of the top six players in the rotation are cold, Al's passing is going to suffer. And if the team's out of sorts, Al can't be expected to bring everything back. So what's going to happen is if they're suffering, he's going to suffer as well. So, again, the Celtics just underwhelmed all around. Now, on top of the uh, free agency stress from Kyrie, there's free agency stress from other players who are trying to play their way into a contract. You got Mook. You got um, uh, Rozier. You have um, the option possibility with Jalen Brown. And everybody's getting in their heads, getting in their own heads, right? On top of that, you have to add that the real-time social media factor and the way the um, NBA works now, there's a million NBA shows. There's a million um, NBA uh, Twitter accounts and Facebook groups. And everything happens in real time. And you have, you have shows like The Jump. I'm not blaming them. I'm just saying they exist. You have The Jump. You have... Um, all the morning shows, whether it's the ones from on ESPN or Fox Sports 1. And they all have their discussions about what's happening with the Celtics. And then you have the reporters. Then you have people tweeting about it. And you have the fans talking about it. And it's all compounding. And, the locker, and it, then it bleeds into the locker room, right? So then you have this big, and what happens is you have a leadership void. Anything that can put chinks in the armor of the team, or anything that can, anything that can like divide the team in any way, shape, or form, is going to have even more potency to it. And one of the key things is um, the trade deadline. So what happens is uh, for years. It's been hinted at that the Celtics wanted to get um, Anthony Davis. This is not a secret. However, what ends up happening is Anthony Davis actually announces that he wants to be traded. Now, before the Celtics were always the front runners because they had the ac- the assets, or as or so everyone thought, uh, to to acquire him. But the Lakers come up as a prime candidate as well. And also because his agency, run by Rich Paul of Clutch Sports, um, you know, of course they would want him to play with LeBron, who is, you know, the guy. Something happens where the Lakers put up their offer. The Celtics are like, hey, 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 we're in this game too. Problem is the Celtics are struggling. And the players that they have who they could offer for Anthony Davis are playing right now on the team trying to turn this shit around. 
And that adds even more to the splintering in the locker room. Because who are you going to trade to get Anthony Davis? He's not coming, he's not coming via free agency. You're going to have to give something up. So let's see, who are we giving up? We're giving up Jalen Brown. Uh, we're giving up uh, Jason Tatum. Are we giving up Jason Tatum? No, Jason Tatum, he, you can't, he's untouchable. So that means that we're going to give up um, Rozier and this guy and this guy. Maybe Al Horford. We could swap, we could swap Al for this guy, but will the money work? This is the talk. Then, of course, the situation dies down with Dell Demps and the Lakers. And the Celtics are like, well, we're going to have to make a thing for the offseason. But the discussion is, will Kyrie come back to the Celtics? And then we have the All-Star game where it looks like Kyrie Irving is mouthing openly, knowing that there are people there with cameras and watching them to uh, his boy, Kevin Durant. Doing the two thing with twos with his fingers, and it looks like he's saying, mouthing to him, two max slots. At least it appears like he's saying that. I early on said that I think Kyrie's too smart to have done that. I think he's trolling people. I think he's trying to play games with the media because he knows they're watching him and he's and he realizes that. So he's trying to play the two max slot thing to try to like, you know, get people to talk about it. Then he's going to come out in the media and be like, I knew y'all watching me and all this other stuff. And I think it's ridiculous how you don't focus on the game and you're just looking for any tidbit of information. That's not what he did. His reaction when this hit the the web and went viral was the complete opposite answer that he should have had, that he should have gave, that I thought he was going to give. And it further fueled speculation that he was out of town. And then the reports come out from like Rick Buecher, someone who's never had connections in Boston in his entire fucking life. Who? What story in Boston has Rick Buecher ever broke? Who in Boston is close to Rick Buecher? Who? I'll wait. Nobody. In all the spaces I've ever been in, nobody I know personally fucks with Rick Buecher. Just don't. So he comes on and says, hey, I have it on good authority. Kyrie's out of here. Now, I'm one of these people that hates when people jump to a conclusion without having full facts uh, can go back through a timeline scroll through it uh, don't have full um, a good amount of data to go on and they're just speculating it's too early in the season to try to say what's going to happen definitively let the fucking season play out first Once the season played out, I felt like, eh, yeah, I get it now. But the season had to play out first. At first, I was like, there's no way Kyrie's going to sign with the Knicks. Later on in the season, I'm like, eh, it's possible. Then, when they free up the max deals, I realized that, look, there is a possibility that Kevin Durant could leave 
Golden State and sign with New York. There's a possibility Kyrie could come with him because Kyrie is not the 1A guy. He'd be a 1B guy and he'd have a buffer. Problem is, if Kyrie is unhappy with the media scrutiny that he's getting in Boston, then he's going to be super miserable in New York because the fact of the matter is KD is not the beloved superstar that a LeBron is. KD is almost derided. Five years ago, he gave the um, mom, you're the MVP speech and everybody loved him. Two years later, he makes the choice to leave um, OKC and sign with a team that was 43 and 9, I mean 73 and 73 and 9 the previous season. And then he goes on to win um, two finals MVP awards. And that does not in any way, shape, or form make the NBA fandom love him or appreciate him anymore. They still think he's an asshole. They still crack jokes about him. So, I feel like Kevin Durant, it kind of hurts him because he's won championships and he's still not happy, happy. Because he realizes he'll never be that guy. He'll never be beloved. Like, there are a lot of players that are beloved, right? Then there are a lot of players that are, like, respected for what they did. Then there are players that are just, like, they're only loved where their fandom is. And like the city or the town or the surrounding region where they played. Dwayne Wade was beloved. I see kids in Boston and New York wearing Dwayne Wade jerseys. I don't see people anywhere else wearing Paul Pierce jerseys. See what I'm saying? I don't know many kids that are huge Kawhi Leonard fans, but they love watching him play. There are kids all over the world, all over the place, who love Steph Curry. To the point where they even wear Under Armour sneakers. That's saying a lot. There are people that love Kyrie Irving. All over. That's not the case with Kevin Durant. So, again, Kyrie leaves. He's going to need somebody to be the other guy, the buffer. Now, in the event that Kyrie stays, he will have to completely apologize for what he did last season, overhaul his, I don't know if he can do this, overhaul his, uh, his, his, uh, his, his attitude, adjust his mood. I don't know if he, I don't know if he's capable of that, but the buffer for him would be if there was an Anthony Davis People would go to Anthony Davis. Kyrie would almost have to shut up or lie through his teeth in order and win huge and do all the right things, say all the right shit like the Patriots do, like the Bruins do, like the Red Sox do, like Alex Cora does, like Big Poppy does. He needs to just watch footage of what the beloved players in Boston do and get right in fucking line with them. Because he was doing all the wrong shit, saying all the wrong shit, being flippant to people. Not that you can't be mad and have an attitude because it is possible, but you have to have, there has to be space for it. There needs to be an allowance for it. You can't 
be an asshole nine times in a row and then ten, oh, be pleasant now. And I'm not saying you have to be necessarily pleasant, but there's a fine line to play. If you look at like, there are players who are in Boston who don't necessarily talk a lot, who aren't very talkative, but the way they go about doing things, they they get it across. You know, they do it because they just do it on the court or they do it with their actions. And Kyrie, somewhere there was a disconnect. And him being in a free agency year and having to prove it and him having to like come back from a season where he didn't play but the Celtics went really far and then him not being there for game seven because I believe he was doing, um, was it promo for, uh, for Uncle Drew or something like that? That was a bad look. And the Celtics were dysfunctional season. They were um, Jekyll and Hyde. They'll win eight straight, lose three more. Win two, lose three. Win five, lose three. Win six, lose two. Win one, lose one. Win one, lose one. Win six, lose four. And when they lost, they looked like they had never met before. They looked like they had played, they were playing pickup and they were just like, oh, I'll take him, him, and him. But when they played well, they looked like world beaters. And that's where the frustration lied. That team did not play together. They did not play for each other. And they did not play Boston Celtics basketball all season long. I know a lot of people were like, I miss IT. I don't. IT was 5'9, couldn't defend, um, got injured, gave it all though. I don't miss IT. I miss a Celtics team that played together, threw it all on the line, and fought. That's what I miss. I don't miss the motherfucking rosters. I don't miss the players on the roster. I don't miss Kelly Olynyk. I don't miss Tyler Zeller. I don't miss Amir Johnson. I miss them playing their hearts out and diving on the court for everything and fighting for everything and defending like their lives depended on it. I don't miss Jay Crowder. I'm glad he's in Utah. I'll take the upgrade every time. And here's the other thing. Gordon Hayward. The Celtics fucked up and whiffed or were rebuffed every time they tried to trade for another free agent or somebody who was available. They were not given the opportunity to sign um, Butler. Okay, remember that? They weren't given the opportunity to sign this other uh, free agent forward who was available. So when the opportunity came for Gordon Hayward to enter free agency, when his old coach Brad Stevens was right there, and the fans cheered every time that motherfucker was on the court in Boston, knowing that Jake and, and pissed off Jay Crowder. And Jay Crowder was angry that the fans were cheering for Gordon Hayward. And I was like, I understand why, but I don't. Because if it is by the same token, the fans want to win. And that guy is better than you. He's an upgrade from you in every way, shape, or form. He just is. He's a better passer, he's a better scorer. He's longer. He's rangier. 
He's a bigger name. He's better. He's better box office. So, if the Celtics didn't get Gordon Hayward, imagine what the talk would have been. The Celtics can't even get Gordon Hayward in free agency. The biggest deal in the last five years is the Celtics getting Al Horford in free agency. Because how many black, Latino, basketball free agents have the Celtics acquired? The Celtics usually get them through trade or they draft them. Free agency is a big diff- is a completely different animal for Boston. Because it's a destination thing. It's the players choosing where they want to go. That's why Boston just being in the race to get KD years ago was crazy because look at who went with uh Tom Brady to talk to KD. There was no fucking way in the world they should have got KD. When you look at that roster, why would KD sign with them? But imagine if KD signed with them now. See what I'm saying? So all of these things uh, had a perfect storm and the Celtic season was trash. They were Jekyll and Hyde all season. They were Jekyll and Hyde in the postseason. Win five, lose four. Brad Stevens, should he be on the chopping block? No. He's not a black NFL head coach. Brad Stevens had uh, winning seasons, and they won more and more and more and more as, 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 as he went on. His first season, 2014, the team was 25 and 57, okay? No playoffs. Next season, 2015, 40 and 42, no playoff wins. Next season, 2016, 48 and 34, two playoff wins. So let me repeat. First season, 25 wins. Next season, 15, be- 15 wins better. Third season, 8 wins better than the previous season. 23 wins better than his first season. Next season, 2017, they go 53 and 29, 9 playoff wins. Eastern Conference Finals. Okay? So, they go from 25 to 40 to 48 to 53 wins. Go from no playoff wins to 2 playoff wins to 9 playoff wins. Next season, 2018, they're 55 and 27, should have won 60 games. Win 11 playoff games. 12 means that they will be in the Eastern Conference in the, uh, in the NBA Finals. One game short. So they went from zero playoff wins, two playoff wins, nine playoff wins, 11 playoff wins, 25 wins, 40 wins, 48 wins, 53 wins, 55 wins. So this is going to be the breakout season in 2019, right? This is where the season, they win 60 games, 64 games, and they get to the Eastern Conference, they get to the uh, NBA Finals and possibly uh, play for the chip because they have everybody back, including Kyrie and Gordon. Uh, Season ends, 49 wins, 5 playoff wins. So Brad... Brad's going to have to make up for it next year. This this roster is going to be uh, much different. They're going to move some people. Some people are going to leave for greener pastures and finally get paid. A lot of people fucked up their money this season um, with their play and not being able to uh, become a cohesive team no matter how many team meetings they had. Brad has it so that the players govern themselves. They couldn't write the ship themselves. 
Brad should take some of the brunt of that responsibility and bear some of that uh, criticism because he didn't lead. And it was a unique set of circumstances, but still, it's on him. Now, last thing I want to talk about. I don't know if you've seen um, Endgame yet. If you haven't, maybe, and you want to, stop listening. If you haven't seen it and you clearly don't care to see it, then I'm just going to talk and none of, none of what I say matters. Okay? That's my spoiler alert. It's been over two weeks. Okay. I've seen some people talk about how certain things that happened in Endgame, they didn't like because of the directions, the direction it took that they didn't like. Let me explain something to you. As a writer, the MCU began 11 years ago. You can't do the same shit the same way for a decade damn near or a decade plus when you're trying to set up a new phase. Things have to change. There has to be character arcs. You have to put people in different positions and you have to move them from where they were before because it's a new because it's a new day. It's a new time. And there are new characters that you have to introduce and give them that space. Just like with the Celtics. You gave uh, Jalen and Jason and um, and Terry this space to grow and thrive and then you push them to the fucking back burner and introduce two new characters when they were like hey 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 hey, we hadn't we didn't get to our second movie yet no we was about to you know get it popping but you pushed them out the way to introduce new characters no you give them their full run and then you put them out in another space and then you introduce new people that's the thing all right there are people like we don't like what they did with the hulk motherfucker the Hulk been around a decade. You can't do the Savage Hulk thing forever. It's fucking boring. He doesn't have dialogue. We get it. We've seen him smash. We've seen him puny God. We've seen all this shit. The sun's getting real low. We've, we've exhausted it all. However, for the sake of the MCU and future characters that are Hulks, it was super important to introduce Professor Hulk. The Hulk where he has full control of himself and his faculties and his full um intelligence why because now we can swing this shit and we can pivot into she-hulk she-hulk uh his cousin who is a lawyer but unlike bruce banner who was very uncomfortable in his hulk skin Loved being her Hulk self, preferred being in her Hulk self, dressed like it, liked being taller, and it gave her more confidence. So she fully embraced it. We can do that. And it also gives us an opportunity to pivot into Red Hulk. Red Hulk, uh, evil Hulk, kind of. alternate version of the Hulk that we know kind of savage but also super shrewd um, conniving intelligent uses weapons things of that nature then 
it flips over into now we can probably introduce characters like Scar, which is Hulk's son. So we can do many different sp- uh, jump jump offs from that. We could do many spin off characters from that, right? Then you look at what happens with Captain America. Captain America hands off the shield. Uh, in some theaters, people were like, yo, what's happening? In some theaters, people were groaning. There have been articles written about how people were saddened or disappointed that they gave the shield to Sam or Falcon. I think that's bullshit. I understand you guys don't love Anthony Mackie the same way you love Chris Evans. I get that. Yay. Or whatever. However, from the MCU standpoint, do it. Eat that shit. Shut up. Watch. Not saying that you shouldn't be disappointed or or voice your frustrations, but motherfucker, you're not in the writing room. This is not like when Finn Jones was cast as Iron Fist. And everybody was like, oh, God. And then when you saw him on the screen, you were like, oh, God. You were given enough films and, an, and enough time with Cap and Falcon and Cap and Buck and Falcon and Bucky that you knew this shit was coming. You didn't think they were going to go to Bucky Cap. I know you didn't think that. Watch where it goes. Right now, if you don't like now, I'll be with you if the shit doesn't pan out the way I'd hoped. But before you see anything sight unseen, how it pans out, that's some bullshit. Other other issue. There are a lot of people that are jumping in and trying to say, oh, there were plot holes. There was this. There was that. There was this. We're dealing with fucking time travel. We're dealing with things where you can always fix it later. In film, we say fix it in post. Marvel has this thing. I don't know if you motherfuckers ever read comic books or Marvel comic books called the no prize. Where if something happens, it was a continuity error or a plot hole. They would put it up to the fans to, hey guys, um, because they would be in on the joke. It's like, hey guys, in this panel this happens, in this panel this something different. In issue thirty-seven this happened, but in issue forty-two she, um, the character said this. What happened there? Rather than Marvel deride its fandom and say, oh, you're wrong, this, 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 and this, or try to come up with an excuse, they say, ah, you got us. But they brought them in on the journey. Because again, it's all about um, when you watch a film or any type of art, you have to suspend belief. So the importance is, A, why don't you explain what happened for us? And then the fan would send in an article, would send in a letter to get their no prize. And they would explain what happened off panel that switched everything. And yay, everybody's happy. I kind of feel like that's the kind of energy that we would need. But I really feel like there were a lot of people just looking for something, anything to nitpick. Not saying that it's a three hour fucking movie. Okay? Not everything's going to make sense immediately. 
Especially, I know there are people that went to the theater to see it multiple times. But some people were just, just coming up with shit. Just, come on, fam. Like, uh, there was somebody who was talking about how come... Uh, uh, how come nobody, uh, oh, how come Rhodey didn't notice that when he was with uh, Nebula, she was injured before, or she burnt her hand. And when he sees her back, when he sees her again, her hand's healed. And then I explained, um, if you watch previous films, you know that Nebula self-healed. She auto-healed. And this had been established. Why? Because... Thanos had tortured her repeatedly. Thanos tortured her repeatedly because he could, because she auto-healed. And he can do it again. The only thing is that she would replace parts. So she would upgrade parts or he would strip parts away from her. But she always healed. There are scenes where she punches through something, her arm breaks, she snaps it back, it grows back. It's been established. Okay? Y'all just grasping the straws for anything. And then there's like, there are complaints about, but when this happened, this happened, meh, meh, whatever, dog, whatever. Whatever. I'm not saying that it was the greatest film ever. The shit was about fan service. It was about giving people what they wanted to see or what you hoped they wanted to see. Some of the shit wasn't things that people wanted to see. Some people groaned because they're assholes. Oh, God, it's the part of the movie with all the girls. Oh, God. Oh, Captain Marvel just comes out. And where was Captain Marvel this whole movie? Asshole. Captain Marvel, the film, wasn't made when they filmed this movie. Captain Marvel was brought in to be the closer. The Captain Marvel film, if you wanted to be introduced to Captain Marvel three months ago, you watched her goddamn movie. There you go. How come Black Panther didn't do more this review? Well, uh, here's a little hint asshole at the last scene those people were were together and i think if if my if my um information is right they hadn't f fully filmed black panther yet so they filmed that scene before black panther was finished sometimes films and sometimes in films uh scenes are filmed out of sequence and films have made over the span of months, sometimes a year if you include post-production. So a lot of the criticism is like, are you motherfuckers new? Are you new? You're adults. Come on. Again, I'm not doing this as somebody who wants to completely defend the film. There are always plot holes and always things that make you go, wait a minute, how about this, 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 this? But I think that some people are just taking the shit too far because they know that the Spider-Man film that's coming up is going to answer some of these questions. So, July. Asshole. July. And if those questions don't get answered, then we can have a, then we can have a different dialogue. How come they did this and then this and they dropped the ball with this? Yeah, now let's talk about it. I think people like to jump the gun a lot, which is why this is the episode after the Celtic season is over that I actually address all the things happening in Celtic season. 
I don't like talking about things while they're happening because I don't know what's going to happen and I'm going to leave some cr- I'm going to leave something on the table that would've been important. I believe I just covered everything that was bothering me about the Celtic season. And the beauty of it is I never have to talk about it again. It's out the way. This episode's over. It's done. And next week likely I'm going to talk about um the 20th anniversary of a classic album that everybody fucked up the end of the the date of the anniversary besides me cuz I'm writing a piece about it right now all right then